Beyond the Fourth Wall of Writing is available on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Remember to subscribe and consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash fourth wall. Thank you for listening and please enjoy the episode. You are now listening to Beyond the Fourth Wall of Writing with your host, John Robinson IV. Here we smash walls, demolish writer's blocks, and learn how to harness the true power of storytelling. Let's get it cracking. Episode 6 Where do you get story ideas? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to this next episode of the Beyond the Fourth Wall of Writing podcast. Super happy to be talking to you guys again. This time, I want to talk a little bit about where we get our story ideas from. Now, when I first started writing, one of the most pressing questions I had was, where do I actually get these ideas from? How do I know what's interesting to talk about? How do I know what people want to hear about? And where do I get these amazing, compelling ideas that make it to the books and the movies and the TV shows that we all love? Now, after a while of writing, I realized that there wasn't really a good way to not have ideas, but... I still didn't really know exactly where they came from until I sat down and kind of analyzed it. You know, like when you've been writing for a while, the ideas just seem to come from the sky. And we all know that in reality, they have to come from someplace. So I'm going to say the really cliche, enigmatic thing that you guys probably all don't really want to hear. And then I'll explain it later on in the podcast. That thing is basically that ideas generally come from yourself. I know that sounds kind of unhelpful, but I promise we'll get down to why later on in the podcast. In this episode, we'll talk a little bit about what the big what if is. We'll talk about turning on your writer's brain, observing your surroundings, ingesting, and then finally analyzing or analysis. All right. So the very first thing I want to talk to you about, or rather the key of actually getting story ideas is asking questions. And the biggest question, the most important question is only two words. And that is, what if? Uh, I've talked about this with my other writer buddies before in the past, and they pretty much completely agree that what if is the thing that opens up the rabbit hole of possibility. It's like a catalyst point for great ideas. And honestly, they can come from anywhere. I actually posted on Twitter not too long ago for people who were having trouble getting story ideas was just to stop, think about something that they were doing at that moment or something that they just did, and then ask questions about it. Like just jot down, well, what if this? What if that? If you were eating an egg sandwich, write down, what if something happened while I was making this egg sandwich to change the course of my life? And then what would that look like? And that usually sends you down a crazy rabbit hole of possibilities. I know an egg sandwich is not the most compelling thing to write from. But as writers, when we get down into the weeds, like we can really come up with some ridiculous, fantastical ideas for our stories. So that's that's like the main thing and kind of the key that unlocks everything else when it comes to figuring out where we're getting our story ideas from. Um, a, a pretty good practice is to learn tropes. That, that's that's one of the most important things. Know your trope. I, I implore everybody to, t- uh, to check out tvtropes.org. It's an excellent site that defines tropes. 
identifies tropes in movies and stories. And then it shows how those stories and movies or what have you kind of flip those tropes in a creative way or fail to. So tropes are not inherently a bad thing, but it's something that you need to be aware of. Because if you know your tropes, then you can learn how to manipulate your tropes to make for interesting storytelling. Take common tropes and then flip them. Like we all know about the Android storyline where humans create androids. Well, why don't we flip that? What if androids were trying to create organic life? What if androids came first <laughs> and organic life was the secondary? What if, what if God was a master cybernetic AI? You know what I mean? And I'm sure that this story idea has been approached in one way or another, but even that basis alone is kind of interesting because it's like, wow, that messes up my whole mind state of androids and organic life, right? So that's kind of a, like a fun thing to, to, to try out. Another, another idea is instead of taking a classic love story, you know, like romance where people fall in love, uh, do the opposite. Explain the story of how somebody gets out of a toxic relationship. And of course, this has been done several times before, but it all depends on the, the angle that you approach it from. Another kind of fun one that is kind of thought off at the top of my head is instead of a person gaining the power to fly or powers of any sort, what if everybody gained the power to fly or everybody gained powers of different sorts? Now, this has kind of been done. Uh, Skyward is a, is a good example of the, of the flying part anyways. Skyward, the comic, he basically wrote a comic about gravity disappearing and uh, everybody gaining the ability to fly, which made for a really interesting story, you know, uh, there was all kinds of things that came as a result of that. And when you take away a, a constant like gravity, then we explore all of the possibilities that taking away gravity could offer. And you come up with some pretty interesting ideas. You know, it's all about kind of doing your research. These questions, these what ifs lead me into the idea of turning your writer brain on. What this basically means is question everything, every convention, every ideology, every religion. I'm not saying turn from your religion or anything like that. I'm just saying that as writers, you will question every aspect of it and then you'll analyze it. And then you can think of story ideas for it. So when I mentioned like, like question your religion, for example, that doesn't mean that you're turning from your religion. What that really means is that maybe in your story, you're creating a fictional religion. What if instead of this practice in the religion, this thing happened and then you place it into that fictional world and voila, you're starting to form up and create a fictional religion that may have a basis or foundation in something that is real. You know, if you are in a store and you see a person, don't stare people down, but if you see a person and you, you know, you kind of analyze what they're wearing, how they're looking, how they're walking, you can kind of start to create a background story for that person. You know, maybe their, their kids are with them and they're acting a fool and they look tired or whatever. You can kind of dive into the why behind that. And of course, like that makes all writers kind of a weirdo in some way. So please make sure that you're not staring people down when you do this, but it, it's kind of a natural thing when, once you turn your writer's brain on, it's just that everything around you all of a sudden becomes hyper real. You become hyper aware of everything that's going on around you. You know, whether it's the birds singing in the trees, whether it's the, the plane that's flying overhead and making a weird pattern with its jet stream or whatever. You know, it's like everything that you see becomes the potentiality for 
a story idea and a story element. And also take note that everything isn't a full story idea. Everything that lady that looks interesting in the store isn't a full story idea always. Sometimes it's just a piece of a story or a concept of a story or maybe a character in the story or maybe just an element of a character in your story because we all know that complex characters are multifaceted and they have several things going on. So when you really sit down and just open your mind and ask questions, consciously ask questions about things, then that's when you open up the floodgates of ideas like really coming in. So that kind of, well, I didn't mention observation, but that's kind of the observation piece of that. You want to kind of just be quiet, watch, and listen, you know, look for angles. This works really well if you take public transportation. I kind of miss public transportation strictly for the fact that I can't write things when I'm driving, obviously, unless I dictate it. And dictating is very difficult. It's something I'm still trying to get used to. But also in public transportation, you see other people, you see other things outside of your car in the same trip that you take on the highway to work every day. And then your your hands are also free on the bus or the train. So you can actually, you know, pull out your phone, pull out your notebook or what have you and jot things down. That's one of the best things about observation and, and, and asking questions. Whenever possible, you need to jot it down. And then when you get to a desk with a notebook or a computer that you write in, whenever possible, you want to start just writing about that thing that you saw in the moment. Because the longer you take to write down that thing, the less real it becomes, if that makes sense. It's kind of like when you wake up from a dream and you just had a great, crazy, out-of-this-world dream that you would have never thought of in your conscious state and you know you have to sit down and, and write whatever was in that dream to to try to harvest those ideas it's it's kind of like that like the longer the, that you're awake and the more conscious you become and the farther away from that dream you are the more volatile that dream is you know that it starts to slip away um same thing when you see an interesting something or something interesting hits you in the moment or an aspect of something that is interesting hits you in the moment, whether that's from observing people or maybe it's sometimes from something that you've watched or read. Every once in a while, you'll get those moments. But if you take too long to actually act on it, to write ideas down for it, to pursue it, then it'll slip away. So that's where procrastination needs to be combated. So try to sit down Try to try to write down your ideas as soon as possible, you know, whether it's a, a full story idea or just an aspect of your story idea. The next thing I want to talk about is ingesting. I, I spoke about ingesting in the very first episode of this podcast before, and I think is extremely important. Writers, you cannot write without reading. And I don't just mean narrative reading. You have to be pursuers of knowledge. That is how writers are successful. The more knowledge you have, the more questions you have about things, and then the more things you have to write about. Writers are really repositories of knowledge. Or we become repositories of knowledge over time because we're always researching something. Like that's why our Googles look so crazy. That's why you don't want a normal person to look at a writer's or an artist search history because the things we search just look ridiculous. It's like, why were you looking for methods to kill people? Are you a killer? No, but there's a killer in my book. Right. So you want it to be accurate. You want to, you know, uh, you want it to be realistic in, 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 in your book. So you're looking at stuff and the people are looking at you like you're weird or you're, or maybe you're looking at the way law enforcement operates or, or, or maybe you're looking at how proceedings on a courtroom go or, and whatnot. And it's like people wonder, well, are you 
are you trying to become a lawyer or, or, or law enforcement? And it's like, no, I'm just writing and I want to be accurate. So that's what I mean by ingesting. It's not just reading narrative. It's constantly taking and absorbing knowledge on a regular basis. One of the things that I can't do that I wish I could, and I wish my whole family could do is travel. If you can travel, uh, travel, take in what you see, take in different cultures, learn things, ask questions, and then absorb that. And they naturally become ideas. They naturally become new angles to write from. And, 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 and it just really expands your horizon. You, you really become attached to these different kinds of cultures. I know this not from traveling, but just from watching, watching documentaries. And watching documentaries is the next best thing that you can do if you cannot travel. Things like Anthony Bourdain, Parts Unknown, R.I.P. to him. That was a great documentary to watch, to learn about culture. He was doing the food thing, but there's a lot of culture in food. And then he learns a lot about people's culture because it's it's in their food. Culture is so important to writers. It's almost, I'd almost venture to say the culture is the most important thing to writers because culture is what creates unique experiences in your work. It offers different perspectives. And when we need to write different characters of different ideologies, we have some perspective on that because we studied different cultures, different ways of thinking. Whether or not you agree with those cultures or those ideologies, it's it's important to know them so that you can analyze them, explore them, and then hopefully write something great about them in your writing if you if you find it interesting. Figure out things about different types of cultures and different ideologies that you find interesting. If you find other interesting ideologies that you like that don't agree with another ideology that you recently learned about or something that you personally subscribe to, then make those ideologies clash. Like we talked about before, conflict is one of the most important aspects of writing. So if you're able to take conflict from ideologies and make those clash, those create the best kind of conceptual storytelling. This ideology here, ideology A versus ideology B, that both make sense in their own right, but do not agree with each other. That is a high level version of conflict that can work into your theme, can work into the the moral standing of the characters in your story. Who's right? Who's wrong? Is nobody right? Is nobody wrong? Is it depending on the perspective? That's when you really start to get those awesome ideas that people find interesting. And then when they're done with the book, they, they, you know, you really get ambiguous takes on from different people to say, well, I agree with this character or I agree with this kingdom or this organization or whatever is in your book that subscribe to these different ideologies. So yeah, I, I think it's a good idea to really dig down into different types of cultures, different ways of thinking, even if those ways of thinking are inherently wrong, it could be a perfect thing for a villain in your book. And you can flip it, ask questions about the ideology, flip it, try to make it right in some way, and then apply that to your antagonist or your villainous characters and really make something that is compelling to your readers. I mean, this is like really that raw stuff, stuff that you can't really get in a textbook. It's just... It has to be you pursuing that knowledge and then flipping the tables at every, at every chance that you get. Um, <laughs> so yeah, research cultures and ideologies, watch documentaries, use the internet. 
And I don't mean use the internet to just look up where do you get story ideas because that's really, you know, that's you're, you're, you're wasting time already. Like you don't, you know where to get story ideas from. You know that you're getting them from asking questions. So you look up things that you have questions about. You learn about it. You ask why. And then you ask what if. That writer's brain that's, that you turn on at some point in time, that's what's really going to get you these ideas. So you're really on the internet to simply learn. Writing is an ex- is about expression of something that resonates with you for some reason. And when you learn more things, you're going to find more things that resonate with you. And therefore, you will find more things to write about. So writers really like to find the facts of things. They really like to dig into them. You want to spend time doing this. Spend time looking up and reading up random things. When a writer hears a term, concept, word, or whatever that they don't know, they usually write it down and pursue it. If you're not doing that, then start doing it. You'll, you'll find out that you can learn so much, much more quickly if you just write down things that you don't know and put it on your list to look up later, even if it has nothing to do with the idea you're looking at right now. You don't have to look up things specifically because they currently resonate with an idea that you're working on right at that moment. It could just be something that is interesting. And you'll find that when you write it down and you research it, it will later develop into an idea that you're working on in, 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 the, in the near future. When we see news Writers, it's a good idea to stay caught up on current events, whether it's political, whether it's international, I mean, sometimes sports, whatever. Writers stay caught up on news and then we dig into it. We, we look up documentaries about the things that we see, interesting topics that, that come up in the news that may hit for just like three minutes in a news story. We take that if we find it interesting and then we marinate on it. You know, we, we, we marinate on it and then we go out and we figure out why? <laughs> why is this thing so interesting to me? And why is the world this way? We're, we're always constant. It's like, it's almost like we're scientists always trying to piece together the way things work and then question it. And then we write stories that may be fully fictional based on these questions. Writers tend to dive deep. We're extra. And that extra is what makes our ideas interesting because nobody else would have went that far on it. Nobody else would have gone that deep on writing a story about what if all life took place under the sea because the above world was uninhabitable. Rick Remender's Low comic, for example. That's what makes those ideas interesting, though. We take a small thing and then we go in deep on it. Oftentimes we are, we're, we're reading not just, again, I mentioned earlier that we're, we're looking at news and we're looking at informational reading, but narrative reading is also where ideas come from because that means that somebody else had an idea that they probably got some from some concept or another story or some fact that they dug deep on. And then they made that into a story. And then when you read that story or watch that story, whether it's TV or movie, then that story becomes something that's interesting to you. And then you might have questions about that. And then you can take that story and twist and turn. If you've ever heard the term still like an artist, that works for writers too. Taking an idea, like stealing, like, like legitimately stealing an idea. Like if I took the matrix and did the exact thing that the matrix did, I made an AI world that was created by robots that enslaves humans, that, that robots need for sustenance. And there's a city named Zion. If I did those exact things, yeah, that's stealing. But stealing like an artist, what that means is you may take the very base concept of what the Matrix is. You take that and twist it from a different angle, tackle it from a different angle, do different 
things with it. And that's not stealing an idea. That's just using that idea as inspiration. And before you guys jump on me and say, oh, that's just stealing, let me explain what I mean. A good example is, you know, we're talking about the Matrix. It's the Terminator. All right. The Terminator is very similar to the Matrix in that it's about AI taking over the world. But the elements are completely different, right? In the Terminator, the AI has, they've launched nukes or whatever, killed most of the humans and it's in the future and they've taken over things and there's wars and whatnot going on. And the Matrix a little bit different. The Matrix has taken over the world and they put humans into a mind state that we think is the regular world, but it's actually just a computer generated universe, right? It's similar, yet still based in AI taking over the world, but there's the elements are different. And then you could say that the Matrix is similar to Radio Player One because you're like, well, I've seen other things do a cyberspace world, right? And that Radio Player One is a very good example. I bet you that some of the ideas in Radio Player One probably came from the Matrix because Radio Player One is a completely cyberspace world based in gaming. It's different than the Matrix because the world hasn't been taken over, but there are similarities there. So people get really immersed in this cyberspace world. And then you can even go further. You can say that Ready Player One is like Tron. You know, there's a cyberspace world there, except it isn't. So you kind of get my drift to where ideas don't exactly have to be stolen in full. You can take your uh, basic concept of an idea and, you know, steal like an artist, tackle it from a new angle, expand upon it, do something with that world that doesn't copy all of their cities, characters, names, concepts, etc. Take the base concept of that thing and then do something interesting and different with it. You know, that's where you get comps from anyways. You could say the Matrix meets Binti, for example, and that could be an interesting story idea. So remember, there's nothing new under the sun. You can take elements from different stories and approach it from a new angle, and it's not regarded as stealing. Got it? Cool. All right. Analysis. Writers, we watch and read interesting stories, and then we analyze it. We may watch something and think it's good, but a lot of the time we can't just leave it alone there. (laughs) We'll watch it, we'll think it's interesting, and then we got to go in and analyze it. We have to go in and read essays on it, watch YouTube analysis videos on it, listen to director interviews and see where their headspace was when they talk about this thing. And I guarantee you that that alone will give you ideas. These are the things that writers do for fun on our free time. And it's not really work. Like when you watch these interviews, if you're really into writing and you're watching these analysis or or listening to these analysis or reading these analysis, it's always interesting. I've never watched one analysis of a show or movie or book that I found interesting that I didn't enjoy. Um, even if I didn't agree completely with the analysis, I still enjoyed it because it took a different angle and a different take on it that wasn't my own. It, it opened my mind up to different things and I realized that, wow, that may be what that thing was doing. That may be what that story was doing. Um, so watching creator or writer uh, interviews on it kind of gives you Uh, a similar effect, you know? So yeah, when you watch or read something that's interesting, challenge yourself to make sure that you go after and and, and analyze it and and watch other analysis on it and watch watch interviews with the creators of that thing. And I I promise you that, that you won't regret that. And lastly, so let me, let me kind of bring it full circle back to that idea that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast about stories really coming from yourself. When I was talking to to Brian Hill 
a few episodes ago about where your story ideas come from, he mentioned what is true to you, questioning what is really true to you. What do you believe in? And that really resonated with me because that's where your ideas truly come from. Do you know that if you get an idea that's kind of hollow and you think it's kind of cool, but it's really hollow, that it may be hollow because it's not really you. You may be trying to write that idea down because it's something that you saw somebody else do and you thought it was interesting because they did it in an interesting way, but it's not really real to you yet. It's not really a thing that really resonates with you or or aligns with your beliefs and your sensibilities or your ideologies or something that you haven't really studied yet, you know, and, and, you're, and, you, and you kind of go at it at a haphazard angle that isn't really real. If you ever come across ideas like that, stop. And then find an idea that works with you, that resonates with you, that doesn't feel hollow. Search your soul. If, if you have strong feelings about a particular thing in life, then that should probably be a thing that you write about on a regular basis. For example, I'm black. I believe that there is like some serious issues with systematic racism that still continue on in this country. Oppression to me is still a very strong and very real talking point. So even though my stories may not be directly about those things, thematically, some of the things that I write about will have an undertone about those things because it's something that I feel strongly about. Do that with your own ideologies and sensibilities. Do more research, deep dive and dig into those things and write about that. Ask questions about that. Make twists and terms, throw magic and AI and technology into those things and write about that. And then that will become real to you and it won't be hollow. And then the deeper you dive into it, the realer your story will become. So the big thing is go out there, ask questions, turn your writer's brain on and write what is real to you. So before I hop out of here, I just want to give you guys a quick quote from Neil Gaiman, who was one of my favorite writers of all time. The quote says, you get ideas from daydreaming. You get ideas from being bored. You get ideas all the time. The only difference between writers and other people is that we notice when we're doing it. And that's Neil Gaiman. That's basically him telling you to turn your writer brain on, do it intentionally, and do it consciously. Find those ideas, write them down, and just do it. A lot of the where are my ideas, where are they coming from, is just from the lack of doing. So go out there and do it. And that's really all there is to it. I think that's all I have for this episode. Remember to keep breaking down those walls and I'll catch you next time. Peace.